Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Our campaign is The Curse of Nineveh. It was written by Mike Mason, Mark Latham, Scott Dorward, and Paul Fricker, and it's available from the Chaosium website. I'm the GM, and this is Episode 9. Our recap will be given by Jason Nolichok as his character, Cyrus Finley. So without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Jason? Uh, All right, so let me just review my last journal entry here. It's been about 90 days, nothing but swapping this accursed idol back and forth. Nightmares just getting worse, hard, sleepless nights. Well, we met back at the Wentworth Club and discussed our options on what to do. And over coffee, we went back and forth from tossing it into the Thames to taking a trip to Nineveh or just looking for these uh, children of tranquility and just giving the damn thing back to them. There were many, many thoughts and many ideas on what to do with the idol. And much like the pronunciation of Schwanziger's name, we all had our own thoughts on that issue. So then um, our benefactor, Theodore Rayburn Price, uh, requested an audience so we went to he, he wanted to speak with us um there were some unusual break-ins and we were sent to investigate them one of them was at andrew noble's house the second was at matthew smiley's home both homes are broken into uh well not so much broken into but if you can believe that some sort of shadow manifested into securely locked rooms and destroyed priceless collections of antique artifacts well this is just a working theory but the common bond between both incidents besides locked rooms was both collections had items or an item or items from the nineveh region and i think they were actually from the temple of naboo and this is where I'm going to leave it for now. So, all right. So you had left um, Matthew Smiley's house, and you were going to do what next? Well, we've got one more name, Stanley Edgerton. Seven yeah, I think in King's the third break-in is the next stop of note. And at some point, did we want to look into this Tillsbury, uh, Alan Tillsbury Pine to see, you know, if he had any other connection besides being a passerby? Yeah, that wouldn't be a bad idea at all. Don't think we'll get too much farther with that, but it is good to check just in case. Yeah, at least we could check it off as all right, you know. Yeah, if there was some other relation he had to any of this, that would be quite noteworthy. Although I think, as far as I know, he's just an unfortunate pedestrian. Uh, but I think Edgerton first. Oh, yeah. Uh, and see what how we can, you know, collate these crimes. All right. So his address is uh, 7 Craven Hill in Kensington. Uh, it's in West London. Uh, you, as you drive to the street, it's uh, you see that it's a three-story house, semi-detached. Uh, it's not far from Hyde Park. Uh, very, very nice-looking house. Once again, somebody who obviously has money. 
uh, your parking in front. Yes. Felix, you seem to be the man to for first introductions. You want to continue that? Sure. I'll take care of this. Or I'll, I'll go up. I don't mind. Uh, before I go up, so, well, we're still in the car for just a second. Uh, th there's something that was sticking in my mind back from when we were over at, um, at Andrew Noble's place that was scratched on the wall, the let me out or I want out. Do you guys remember when we were talking to Sumpkin? He went into this rant and he, he said something about he wants out. We have to don't free him. Hmm. You guys remember Simpkin during his rant saying something about something to that effect. And he just lost it at that point. I mean, as soon as we started talking about that, that second dig. You think, um, Felix, that this is more about the, uh, more of the gate and key matter? It must, it must be. That, yeah. It could be. Uh, it's obviously a gate and a key would open up to set something free. That would not be a good thing. It's just it's something just... to something to discuss, you know. I, I don't know. No, wanna... that is yeah, I think you're quite wise to keep that in mind. I wonder regarding these violent desecrations, if it's making a demand, free me or I'll continue to smash up your baubles, or if there's some kind of destruction of an artifact that it's trying to achieve. Well, perhaps some kind of desperation. It, I, I get the feeling that there's some kind of desperation there which caused the rage. We've not encountered a key yet. Okay, mm. but humor me here. Um, the key might be the artifact that's giving us these nightmares. That's what I'm thinking it is. Now, the butler said he saw some sort of mist or not mist, but like a um, shadow figure. Let's say each of these artifacts were from the temple and something that's bound to the temple might only be able to communicate through other items that were in the temple. So if it's saying free me, maybe it's trying to, it, let's say it was imprisoned there 5,000 years ago, whenever the hell it was. It's only outlet would be through the temple. If, you have a piece and he has this tablet and he has this cuneiform tablet. Maybe it's, it's using the energy of those artifacts to communicate in any way it, it knows how. I mean, this is manifest Wait, Yeah. This is far fetched. This is just making this up as I go, but Honestly, I mean, with, I, with what we've been through, I don't think, I, I don't think it's all that far fetched. And, and we are an occult group. All of us are a part of the Wentworth Club in one form or another because we've researched occult. It's not like this is a completely absurd, maybe a well, little. In, in, in studies, I mean, it, it shows that there, are, that there are objects that are bound with uh, spirits, apparently, right. out there. Like, I believe cytometry? Um, or, yes, that's, that's the word I was looking for. And, uh, you know, what's to say that the binding... Could that also be some sort of way of of spirit energy or some kind of related thing coming back and forth? 
but can't fully mo manifest because it doesn't have that ability for some reason. Small things as opposed to big things. Um, I am looking for the, I'm looking at my notes for the dates of these two vandalisms. One was on the 16th. I don't see the other. And I'm wondering, I mean, when we speak to Edgerton in a moment, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, we, we need to find a pattern so that we can anticipate the next event. True. So yeah, let's let's figure out those dates and locations and see if there's some sort of rational connection between the locations. And there was also, if, if I remember correctly, um, the first incident was roughly at twelve at night, and the second incident, Smiley's, was at one a.m. It just could be a guesstimated time on their end, but who knows if it's twelve one two coming up. Mm-hmm. There might be other uh, manifestations that are out there too. If it's manifesting through artifacts that came from this uh, secret dig, um, maybe there's manifestations in the British Museum or uh, other uh, people who have appropriated these uh, artifacts. We certainly could be in touch with our contact at the museum and see if anything's happened there. Mm -hmm. um, I, I should probably so, move up to the door before we creep this guy out, though. <laughs> Quite <laughs> Well, no, it's okay. Um, uh, to clarify, uh, you spoke to uh, Rayburn Price on the 25th of October. Uh, the newspaper had been from the, the, the day before, or the day before, the day before, two days before. So the 23rd is when What's-His-Name was murdered. Uh, Alan Tillsbury Pine, which was also the same night that Andrew Noble was broken into. And then um, Smiley was on the 16th of October that he was broken into. Okay. Okay. And Edgerton, was that on the 8th? Well, you don't know about Edgerton yet. You haven't. We okay. still gotta get to the door, or maybe maybe somebody maybe there was something about that. I, I think we were told. I mean, I, I my notes are messy, but I think it says on eighth. Noble okay. told us that Edgerton happened on the eighth. Possibly, possibly Rayburn Price told you that too. Okay. Now, one other thing before we knock on the door, I know for the Americas, October thirty first. You know, Halloween or All Hallows' Eve is a spooky or demonic or mischievous night. I don't know if in the Middle East that would carry over. Is that a, a, a word? Uh, just knowing that we're in October, maybe something's coming up. Um, just... it, it is considered in uh, in pagan uh, traditions and in in some variations, Zoroastrianism. Um, I think that's what you say, Zoroastrianism. Uh, it is a it is a it is a sacred day or a special day. Just I throwing it out there. I think yeah, it, you'd, it you'd would be significant. That, I'm sorry, you. Somebody's at the door. Um, you would probably know that most of the Middle East is Muslim, and they probably follow a Muslim calendar. They don't follow the Western calendar, so it has no meaning whatsoever. All right. I just didn't know if in occult circles it might have. 
Well, it does. I mean, in occult circles, uh, October 31st and uh, April 31st. Sawain and Beltane. Or uh, Valpurgis Nacht and Halloween, All Hallows Eve. Um, so, uh, uh, you walk up to the door, ring the doorbell. We heard it a second ago. And uh, um, a maid answers the door. And she says, uh, yes. Uh, yes, ma'am. Uh, I'm here to see Stanley Edgerton. I'm Felix Matthews. Uh, Mr. Edgerton is not here right now. His wife is here. Well, that might be awkward. Uh, hmm. Would you like me to tell her that you're here? Sure. She says, wait just a moment, please. Yes, uh, ma'am. She she disappears for a couple seconds. And after a couple of moments, a woman appears. Uh, She's rather good looking. Uh, She looks like she's about uh, 27 years old. Uh, She is very conservative looking, however. Uh, Her hair is back. She's dressed very smartly. She says, yes, I'm Ellis Edgerton. What can I do for you? Yes, Miss Edgerton. I'm I'm Felix Matthews. I'm... um... I was sent by Mr. Theodore Rayburn Price. He said that you may have experienced a break-in recently. Oh, yes. Um, But my husband's not here. Just, I don't want to intrude or make you uncomfortable in any way. Do you remember the date that that occurred? Well, yes. uh, It was uh, October uh, 8th. October the 8th. Yes. Do, do you know? I, I'm sorry. Who are you people? Uh, we're with the Wentworth Club. We're actually doing an investigation on the uh, on several break-ins. I, I'm sorry. I'm being very rude. Please come inside. Well, I don't want to. Like I said, I don't want to intrude. If uh, if Mr. Uh, no Mr. problem. Please come inside. Okay. All right. And uh, all, all of us. There's a. There's yes. More. more. If you're with the Wentworth Club. I mean, and she, as she's walking through, and the very house is very nice. Um, she's like, I, I'm sorry, my husband is uh, in Newcastle upon Tyne dealing with uh, business interests at the moment. Well, Mrs. Edgerton, thank you very much for your time. Um, if, uh, if your husband knows more about this matter than you, we'd be happy to return. Well, but if you're at liberty to discuss it, we are curious. You know, I've never really approved of my husband's little eccentricities. Um, it's not the kind of thing that good people should be involved in, you, you understand. Well, the antiquarian bug can hit, I think, even the best bread. Well, it is part of the empire, after all. There is a man who occasionally comes by uh and brings my husband things now not too long ago my he he brought my husband uh, a couple of of clay slabs and uh i asked i asked uh 
asked Stanley about it, and he said that sometimes the British Museum sells objects, object to art, that are not very important, and that this man was just a delivery man. But I'm not so sure. There is some truth to that, Mrs. Edgerton. Uh, and yet your suspicions are also not unreasonable. The British Museum has vast stores of artifacts and does not either need or desire to maintain all of them in its holdings. However, some protocols are rather casual in that regard. Do you know this chap's name? Gibbons, I think, was his last name. That, in its own right, might be very helpful because, uh, as as uh, Mr. Matthews impugned, um, you're not going to talk to the police about this, are you? By no means. By no means. Uh, no, but we are interested in the, because, of course, there's a connection between who is selling these artifacts and who might inform a thief that there are artifacts to be found. Well, Mr. Gibbons has been here more than once. And were things destroyed in this instance? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It was quite, quite horrifying. Uh, we were both sitting downstairs. Um, I was knitting. My husband was reading the newspaper, I believe. It was in the evening. And we suddenly heard a terrible crash come from upstairs in my husband's study. And uh, he told me to wait and he would go check on it. And uh, I heard him go upstairs and suddenly cry out loudly, uh, not like he was surprised, but as if he'd been injured. And I immediately ran up and I'd already found the, uh, the servants gathering around to find out what the commotion was. And I looked in and my husband was on his knees, uh, grabbing his head and crying like a baby. And all of his collection of artifacts had been smashed to pieces. And, well, he says, uh, I, I, I told him at the time that, that uh, whoever had done this probably was associated with some shady person such as he's been dealing with. And, and he said, no, 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 it was, it was a phantom. And a I'm, phantom, you say? And I, yes, I, I was like, what do you mean? And he says, well, when I came up, the door was locked. The windows are all closed. He says, and there was a darkness, a shadow, that suddenly rose up and bonked him in the head. He was injured by it. Yes. It hit him and knocked him to the ground and then Word. vanished, vanished out out of the room somehow and it had smashed everything he was quite beside himself um mrs edgerton without meaning to presume over much um we will tell you in confidence that uh other incidences have had similar characteristics and so as eccentric as your husband's explanation might seem to you I think you should um, uh, should uh, vouchsafe him 
some credulity with regard to this mysterious figure. I this is the first we've heard of it injuring someone. I, I heard that it might be some sort of cat burglar. That is the most logical thing. We just don't know how the cat is going about these things because he seems extremely slippery. Well, my husband didn't tell me if anything was missing or not, but uh, pretty much everything is ruined. Do you know if his uh, collection included objects from ancient Sumeria or Acadia? Oh, I, I, I don't really know. I can, I can take you upstairs and let you have a look around. Oh, that would be extremely generous of you, if, if it's not too much of an imposition. Yes, he, he, I don't really have a head for dates, so I don't, uh, I'm not that interested in history. But yes, let's go upstairs. So she takes you up to the first floor, and it's pretty much exactly what you expect to see. He has a very nice study. In this case, it's actually his study. He has bookcases, he has a desk, and so forth. And he had a collection of glass cases and shelves and stuff with various things. And when you look around, you can tell that that some of them are definitely Assyrian. Any um, writing on the wall? No, there's nothing torn up on the walls, but... Uh, uh, there, there is a lot of broken pottery and vases and things like that that he had. And there are, there is definitely a large cuneiform tablet that appears to have been broken in half. Is there anything that looks like the little pot with a lid that we saw in the other house? We'll do a, a spot hidden. Ah, that's no, it's no. <laughs> um, you do, f you you do glimpse pot shards and things like that from broken things that you can at least identify as Assyrian. Hmm. I'm going to make a valiant effort to read the cuneiform with my still unimpressive. What is it? Thirty-one. Okay. Like that. Yeah, no, can't make heads or tails of it. It looks different than the other ones. <laughs> it's probably just shopping lists again. Things that are unimportant. Um, she says, uh, if you'll excuse me for a few moments, uh, I need to go uh, talk to the cook. I was on my way in there before you came. I'll, I'll rejoin you in a few minutes. And uh, she walks out and leaves you alone in the room. Is there any, uh, is there any of her staff around or are we absolutely by ourselves? You're by yourselves. I want to see if he's got a journal or some kind of, uh, since it's his study, check out his desk, see if he has a journal or anything else that might be of use to us. All right. Do, uh, now. Luck? Yeah. It's unlocked. Uh, you go ahead and, uh, and you open up, and there is, in fact, a journal inside. And uh, when you flip open the journal, it just happens to fall to this page. <laughs> 15th January. Smiley says he can introduce me so that I may start my own collection. Excited. 17th January. Met Gibbons by Russell Square. Said he could get me stuff if I had the money. Told him I wanted a tablet from the Campbell Thompson dig. Gibbon said he could get me a tablet in a week's time for 20 pounds. 
26th, January. Gibbons turned up at the house with the tablet, sent the servants away and gave him the money, told him to be more discreet next time and that I wanted some pottery, but to wait a couple of months till I had the money. 27th, January. Alice wanted to know where I got the tablet from and who Gibbons was. Told her the British Museum often sold off pieces that weren't good enough for display. Gibbons was just a delivery man and for her to not worry about it. Told her to not mention it to her friends as the museum only does this kind of thing for discerning and discreet clients. Otherwise, everybody would be hounding them. Think she believes me. 4th of April. Saw Gibbons at the museum and arranged a meet-up. 5th of April. Gibbons has the pottery, a few pieces, and will bring it round when Alice is out. At that point, you start to hear Alice uh, coming back up the stairs. Would it be... Uh... Would it be beneficial for me to pocket this journal? No. Then I'm going to stick it right back where I found it and kind of nudge the drawer shut. Okay. I'd like to check out the windows just to verify that they're locked. They are. Um, and uh, the material in his study that isn't ancient is largely undisturbed or entirely undisturbed? No, most of... Most of the things you'd call artifacts were disturbed. Um, his books, but not his bookshelves. His books aren't disturbed. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that looks like it could be organic matter mm -hmm. on the floor or anything like that? No. So I mean, the, the servants have cleaned up the room, but you can still see evidence that things were thrown okay. around and damaged the walls in places. And, would it be safe to say in all three homes only ancient artifacts were destroyed? Nothing new was touched or is no, that just? No, but that seems to be a focus. Um, uh, other things, it looks like it, it looks like the place is just, it, it looks like an angry bull got into every single one of these rooms and just tore the place apart out of, out of just spider anger. Has Alice come back to the room? Yet? Yeah, she stepped back in the room. And she says, well, apparently we're having lobster tonight. Oh, dread. Uh, Miss Edgerton. Yes. In the, in the recent week or uh, since the break-in or even just a bit before, have you by chance seen anyone peculiar, maybe wearing a red turban or Peculiar? No, nothing like that. Okay. Why? How, are there strange foreigners walking about now? This is There's London. Always There's always foreigners. strange foreigners. That's true. No. No reason. Nothing to worry about. Just uh, trying to trying to see what matters and what doesn't. And apparently, this may not. Uh, so. I wouldn't worry about it. The um, did did he keep all the pieces of the broken, or did he throw everything away, other than the large tablet we see there? Well, to be perfectly honest, I don't know everything that he had in here. Right. I didn't pay that close attention, but 
I have a feeling that he didn't throw anything away. Hmm. Even the broken pieces. I imagine that he wants very much to stick them all back together somehow. Oh, yes, Mrs. Edgerton. After all, these artifacts are often uh, in pieces when they are discovered. Antiquity being what it is. Uh, you you said that um, your husband was in Nubipantine. Uh, when do you expect his return? Oh, in a couple of days. Uh, and I, I'll hand her a card and say, uh, I would be most grateful if you could uh, tender this to your husband. Tell him that we've noticed a pattern of destructive acts of this nature. Of and course. would like to discuss the matter with him further. Well, I'm sure that my husband would very much want to know who has done this. But quite frankly, I would like him to stop dealing with these sorts of people and to simply leave well enough alone. Well, and frankly, Mrs. Gibbons, uh, Mrs. Edgerton, um, this Gibbons fellow uh, is going to receive some scrutiny from our side and might quite possibly never darken your door again. Excellent. But again, I, I assure you of our complete discretion. Yes. Thank you. Quite. Anything else, fellows? Um, uh, Mrs. Edgerton, um, were there any of your staff that was witness to any of the activities? Well, maybe Mary heard some of this. Uh, uh, she's, uh, she's in the kitchen. We can go ask her. If it's not too much trouble. Um, all right. So you guys head downstairs. Uh, um, all Mary does is she can confirm that it happened on the 8th and uh, that uh, possibly uh, it was the devil. Did she see anything unusual? Uh, no, but uh, from what the master had said, a dark, a dark figure in the, in the shadows that jumped out at him and attacked him. All right. All right. She's also kind of horny. I don't know. She's flirtatious, it says. The maid or the... The maid. Oh, all right. <laughs> I'll Alice, be right back, guys. Alice is, is absolutely loyal to her husband. Um, very proper. All right. So you leave there. Uh, where are you going to go next? We're out of the house, correct? Yeah, you've left. So what we're time gonna... of day is it? Let's say by now it's... it's three house visits. We still spoke to Rayburn Price in the morning. So yeah, four-ish? Yeah, I'll say four. That's, that works for me. Tea time. We need to make an inquiry at the museum to see if they have a Gibbons on their staff. Hmm. Well, let's and speak of these over uh, tea. And yeah, come up of course. For that. You can phone the museum from the club as yeah. we collate our thoughts. Yeah, 
if there is a Gibbons on staff, he won't be for long. Well, we we need to play it. You know, maybe we should question him first. Set up an appointment. Question him before buy an object or two. Doesn't usually right museum have a list of all of their people? I would hope so. Yeah, I mean they. Well, no, what I'm referring to that the public could see you know like this is the founder this is the guy in charge of this and this is the guy in charge of that like yeah, a directory but, today we'd call them i don't, I don't think know, it I, would list like the janitorial staff and uh he might just be a simple you know fixes up the statues or does you know whatever not physically repairing them he just might walk around and fix plaques and stuff and snatch stuff Somebody's putting up plaster walls and things. Uh, was Archie Glossop a graduate student? Do Probably. you recall? Yeah, he was. Uh, so he there's was, some degree of education required just as a fundament to be somebody on the curatorial staff. Yeah, he was an assistant curator. Right. And, and you know, curate, uh, custodial staff wouldn't have access to things that were worth selling. Not likely, um, but you've got, uh, you know, you've got from the hierarchy down uh, uh, below the curators, assistant curators, you're going to have porters. Uh, porters are just gophers, you know. Uh, I need such and such a piece from this room. Bring it up here so we can clean it or dust it. Uh, the curators don't carry that that heavy stuff around themselves, and, right, and then you and probably have assistants. Quarters and and there, it was mentioned a couple times that items just go missing and then weeks later sometimes they show up so yeah they've probably they've got quite a big staff of people gentlemen i have an idea that i'd like to put forth to you and mitch uh reginald uh, made some mention of it and i've been formulating it in my head Perhaps before we start really interrogating this uh, Gibson fellow, why not we um, use him to obtain an artifact and set up a situation of our own that we can monitor and see if we can bring this phantom in, see if he comes in to uh, us and we can see it firsthand. And then afterwards, we can meet with Gibson again and uh, further interrogate him. Yes, it's Gibbons, um, Gibbons, but I'm entirely Gibbons. on board with that suggestion. Uh, and given that my own domicile has been potentially compromised, although nothing ever turned up there, it seems like a, a good place to bait a trap. Uh, I'd like to keep it separate from my small collection, as uh, this spirit is extremely destructive. But yes, buying the two new Assyrian pieces uh, and setting up photographic materials and, uh, you know, salting the, salting the, um, how does that work? Mm. You know, spirits, some spirits can't go over salt. Yes, yes. Some silver on the windows and whatnot. I think it's quite worth a try. Assuming we can find this Gibbons. I have extra room at my place. If uh, possible, we could set something up there. 
If you'd rather host the ghost, that's fine with me as well. I'm the one who's doing a lot of research on this whole thing anyway. What's one more bit of research? And uh, I could look firsthand on it. I am, I am willing to be, uh, as they say, guinea pig and uh, even sit in room to see if something manifests. Well, maybe if, if it is phantom and maybe there'd be some way to communicate. Just do it in a, a room shot. that you don't have all of your books, Vladim. I have, I have many empty rooms that we could all set right. these up in. Far away from anything valuable. The only Good. problem with that is, is that when there has been a manifestation, it's wreaked totally havoc. It's never actually encountered a person per se. That could be very dangerous to be in there when it decides to manifest. Because if it's going to take and chuck a tablet across the room, what's it going to do to you? Well, it did encounter the Sagittarius and popped him on the head, according That's to his wrong. wife. And put, well, and you have pointed potentially even the killed man on, on the street. Right. But I could Quite. set up room so that I could uh, observe from another room so that if it manifests, we can not only get photographic evidence, but I could see it firsthand, potentially. Yeah, that's true. And if it did uh, hit Edgerton, Edgerton? Edgerton, uh, yeah. Edgerton then it would be at least semi-corporeal. So that could be, like uh, Fuller says, very dangerous. Well, I like the idea of, uh, of using uh, silver and salt to maybe even trap it. And if it is, has any sort of sentient capability, uh, we, could, we could interrogate it. And it can write in English. Apparently. It's some answers directly from the source. Uh, the fellow, I assume we're at the club by now. Oh, yeah. Discussing the yeah. saver, sure. tea and sandwiches. Um, the fellow at, uh, that we were connected to at the museum was Munden. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Well, no, it was um, Longden. Longden, right. Munden sent us to Longden. Right, right. Sykes sent us to Munden. Munden sent us to Longden. Um, so I'm gonna. I'd like to call Longton and uh, inquire about a Gibbons. Is there a Gibbons on staff? And maybe I'll make two other names up too, so as not to totally tip the hand. All right. So um, Gibbons, Gibson, and Sigmund. Okay. Um, you call Patrick Longton. He's like. Uh, Yes, who is this? Uh, this is Harcourt from the um, Wentworth Club. Oh, Mr. Harcourt, how are things going? Things have been, uh, well, you know, it's been an interesting few months and um, some uh, new and confusing uh, events have happened to pass. Um, it seems as though we might have a lead on someone um, improperly moving museum materials to private collectors. Yes, you had mentioned that before, some sort of black market. Indeed. Uh, do you know offhand if there is on staff and someone who would have access to Assyrian sort of materials, a, a Gibson, a Gibbons, or a Sigmund? Hmm. 
Well, I don't know all of the staff or all the porters. Well, we shouldn't expect I can, so. I can certainly look into it. I'd be most grateful. Uh, we might be able to find uh, and interrupt a supply line if, in fact, that is the case. It also could be totally erroneous information. It's from a spouse, and she wasn't directly connected, and the name could be wrong. Well, I don't want to impugn. I'll certainly see if I can find something out for you. That's most kind. And you have our number at the club. Mm-hmm. And at home. Yes, maybe we can find out something, too, about the various assaults that have been going on around the museum as well. There have been assaults at the museum since, since the Archie Glossop issue? Uh, yes, minor assaults, mostly. Great, Scott. Uh, we've got a number of people out injured. Well, that is terribly alarming. Um, perhaps uh, we should uh, come in and, and have a conversation about it sooner, if well, it's so a matter of people's physical well-being. I'm actually in the middle of a project at the moment, but uh, uh, you can make an appointment and come in perhaps tomorrow. Absolutely, I shall. Thank you. Uh, I'll be very, I'm very curious to hear about this matter. It's very disturbing. Okay. All right. So I rejoin the fellows and say, well, we've got assaults at the museum in addition. Numerous ones. we've been suspecting. You guys remember way back, I say way back, several months ago now, the the fellow that was uh, basically bludgeoned there at the museum. Yeah, Archie Glossop. That was Glossop. For some reason, I, I the name Brinslow uh, stuck in my head. That may have been the officer. I can't. That's the officer. Yes. It, it's it's been a while. The uh, was there ever? I mean, no one saw anything happen. Right? No one saw anybody run away. They said, now that one, somebody walked in, though, the service entrance. Yeah, that was, I think, a red turban affair, not a mysterious shadow affair. Right. And there was an article, there was an object stolen, not things smashed. As always, we seem to have numerous nefarious actors who are not on the same team as it were um felix do a, an idea roll 25 on intelligence yeah idea That's it's just so smart hard pass it it suddenly occurs to you that the statue the the bust of nabu that was stolen uh during Glossop's uh, assault uh, was not new. It had been in the museum for quite a long time. So it was definitely not part of the Campbell Thompson uh, dig. Hmm. As far as you know, nothing from the 1919 dig is on display anywhere in the museum. That's apparently still a secret. That's what what we were thinking this new exhibit will be, the reveal of 
It's got to be there in the building, though, right? Don't they store everything down downstairs? I. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I wonder where these assaults have been taking place. If it, if it's up on the museum floor where all the displays are, or if it's downstairs where the rest of the uh, rest of the items are being stored. Yeah, that's probably it. Well, we'll, we'll find out tomorrow. And maybe even identify Gibbons. Remind me of a couple of things. Did you guys, you guys set up a clipping bureau, didn't you? Yep. Yeah. And what were they looking for? Um, help me out, guys. I'm trying to remember now. Well, let me just make it easier. Let's say that while you're at the Wentworth Club, you get a package. And uh, most of the newspaper clippings uh, that are included are, they, they don't seem related in any way to what your investigation is. However, you do, we'll, we'll say, Cyrus, yeah, you start reading this one, and it, it does sort of catch your eye. October 23rd, Evening Standard. Londoners gripped with fear. Great, uh, what is it? Petrobation. Petro uh, thanks. <laughs> Great petrobation appears to have been caused among the public by the... Oh, man, I'm sorry. I'm a little blinded. Can some, somebody want to read this? Yeah, among the public by a by the spate of unusual violent assaults sweeping the city of London. The mysterious incident appeared to have started in early October with Londoners seemingly attacked at random whilst about their business by an unseen phantom. Those accosted related similar experiences as in each case, the perpetrator had remained indistinct with um, some saying that it is a malicious spirit while others merely stating that they were attacked from the rear and did not see the person responsible. Mr. Cooper, a legal clerk, fell afoul of one such incident on Ladbroke Terrace while he was returning home around 9 p.m. On the evening of October 22nd, Mr. Cooper was attacked and suffered a black eye, but it was but he was unable to describe his assailant. Police are urging anyone who may have information relating to the assaults to come forward. Well, that's certainly alarming. I mean, it, is it not suggestive, gentlemen, that um, uh, this shadowy figure that is wishes to be freed and is angry about artifacts is also assaulting people more or less at random? Are it almost makes me want to free it so as to stop random? them. Are they random? Well, Ladbrook. Do they? Uh, did did the? Uh, as an as an as an as a Londoner, are those locations described all around the museum, all near the museum? 
Yeah, most of these assaults have been taking a place not too far from the museum, not too far from the neighborhood where the man was murdered and your and noble's uh, stuff was damaged. Uh, this is definitely not all over the city. Felix, do a spot hidden for me. Oh, 71 on 67. Do you want to spend some, what, four, four points? Luck. Would that be okay? Four luck? Uh, you notice a name, and it pops out at you, and this is what you see. Can you read that? I can. October 19th, Evening Standard. Are Egyptian ghosts haunting the British Museum? The British Museum is treasure trove of fabulous antiquities from around the world, and now it seems that many of the original owners are coming back to claim their property. So says Mr. Maurice Gibbons, a porter at the museum. Word has reached this newspaper of a series of terrifying phantoms seen and heard in the depths of the British Museum's storage and cataloging vaults. Museum workers claim to have encountered the ghosts whilst about their business with many too terrified to speak about their brushes with the mischievous spirits. However, one plucky soul, Mr. Gibbons, was happy to relate his experience. I turned a corner and saw the darkness move, said Gibbons. There was a horrible laughing, and then a shadow-like spirit appeared before me, speaking in tongues. If Mr. Gibbons is to be believed, he claims the shadow spirit is the angry spirit of Tutankhamun, which has actually attacked museum staff on more than one occasion. It has been confirmed that at least one member of staff has suffered an injury from a pottery bowl falling on their head. This reporter has also heard that one member of staff, a Mr. E. Williams, has not returned to work since encountering the spirit. Mr. Williams was unavailable for comment. Many of the museum workers are calling for a priest to be called in an order to exercise the museum's storage vaults. The board of the museum have declined to comment. Well, a gentleman, um... It's a pity that we only have an uh, initial for Mr. E. Williams, and it's a common surname, because I'd like to find out whether Mr. E. Williams is in fact still alive and sane. But at least we've got a first name for Morris Gibbons. Mm -hmm. um, I'll uh, ring for Sykes to bring a telephone book and see if we can find a, an address for Gibbons. You want to go to his house, or would you rather? Uh, would you rather we try to set up something at the museum? My history with 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 the business I'm in, I deal with some a lot of shadiness, and I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I can get something set up to where we can buy something off of him. Mm. But, if, but if we dime him out, he's going to clam up. Agreed. Yeah, I would like to at least um, verify his position in the chain of theft. Before I wonder if he has we... anything at his house. It's a possibility. Well, if um, you... Oh, sorry. I would say if you set up a buy off of him, then you have something to dangle over him, and we could still always go to his house after that. We also have Edgerton's name. We know Edgerton dealt with him, so we could say that Stanley tipped us off Morris, that you were a good supplier. 
It's odd, though, that he should speak to the press when, in fact, he is a source of leakage from the collection. It's almost like he's trying to hide in plain sight at that point. That's the way to hide. Put all the uh, all the uh, heat, as they say, off of him. No one would suspect a uh, a victim. Exactly. So, uh, we'd like to wait to contact him. Yeah. Well, actually, now the bad part is we've we've. We've dropped his name to. Uh, we've dropped his name to the museum. Yes, but I I did um, engage in some subterfuge there. Right. You know, it could be Gibson or a Sigmund, and and um, you know what can we do? Yeah, can't unring a bell, as they say. Right. right. So, all we can do now is work fast and hope we get to him before anything else does and the dates on those articles it just seems like there's ongoing activity right mm -hmm. you know between the the break-ins the three break-ins we know about and the two that the two assaults described in the paper it's just all over the place there's not like it's not it's not increasing or you know or regular it's not every six days or something it's just ongoing so there's no urgency in particular, I shouldn't think. Hmm. Not as far as the safety of the people. Poltergeist. You are frozen. Poltergeist. <laughs> you know, that's what happens when you move. Um, uh, everyone in Thailand, uh, or traditionally, they have a little miniature version of their house that's nicer that they put on a post in the yard for the demons to move into. Huh. So uh, the demons don't want to be in your house. They want to be in a nicer house. So maybe you could consider that if things are throwing themselves around. They can go to my room back in uh, in uh, Anaheim. It's a much nicer building. It's a nicer area. Of course it's empty. <laughs> More room for ghosts. Nope, it's just I didn't put enough uh, book end there to <laughs> hold up my books. I'll fix it later. Um, all right, so what do you want to do next? You you do have somebody on the inside of the museum, which is long ago. Right, but he said he wanted to meet tomorrow. Right. Did we want to try and find anything out about this Alan Tillsbury Pine? Oh yeah, that's a that's a that's a. I mean, given that all the other assaults have been relatively minor, as far as we know, you might be yeah worth seeing whether he's in some ways. Now, Reginald, weren't you um, speaking with the one? I mean, we're not getting the police involved with the uh, the homes of Edgerton, Smiles, or uh, Price, but. Can you maybe make an inquiry to your friend at the yard about this um, pine without connecting? 
I mean, nobody called the, the police about the thefts. So. Correct. The it, police don't know anything about the thefts. As long yeah, as we don't bring up that, if you want to talk to your contact at the yard, maybe he'd be willing to share some, if they're even covering that case. But it's worth, the, you know. Yeah, it's certainly worth a phone call. Uh, and a and a you know a, a offer of a beverage or meal. Um, looking for his name now. Is that Marcus Brinslow? So many names. Um, Partridge. Uh, Brinslow Partridge. Uh, this is a little bit different part of the city, but. Uh, you might well you have a connection so all right after your connection how late is the museum open today hmm. everybody always asks that and i don't know how the late the British museum is open every day there are there are staff there late into the evening doing work but i think the museum probably closes say eight Someone I knew having the dog inside the room would mean that he would be wanting out. Hold on just a second. Well, British Museum hours, 10 a.m. to 8.30 p.m. So, so one could probably catch a fella getting off work. Maybe. Possibly. Your dog acts like a cat. Yeah. Let me in. Let me out. Let he me sleeps, in. He sleeps as much as a cat. Well, the cat I live with is uh, over 18 years old, so, which is like 94 in human years. So he sleeps about 23 and a half hours a day. Yeah. That's the life. Pretty good. I mean, he, he's really very spoiled. So, yeah, either Brinslow or Partridge. Partridge was the one I spoke to about the museum. So I think that's who I'd call um, to see if there was any knowledge about the assaults going on there. Uh, Brinslow was in charge of Brighton's murder and and, mm -hmm. and Partridge was in charge of Glossop's. Glossop's. Right. All right. I don't know which, which one I was friends with or something. But I feel like the more complete connection was with Partridge. Well, and you've you've left both of the messages that you guys are looking into some of this, and yeah. and that's that's okay. Um. All right, so um, uh, we'll just say you get a hold of uh, Partridge on the phone. He's uh, he's like ah, Mister Harcourt. Um, any news? Uh, anything more? Any questions? Uh, not much news. Some questions. Um, it has come to my attention that there have been a series of assaults at the museum, which seems uh, quite aberrant and disturbing. Well, it's a city. There's, there's assaults that go on all the time. Uh, but it does seem that since early October, there's been quite a few assaults um 
in and around the uh, the museum. Uh, around as well as within. Well, we've looked into a number of these, but uh, there's no evidence of uh, anything uh, other than just personal testimony of people. Um, so it doesn't seem to be an organized thing at all. Uh, not really. Um, the attackers are often described as some sort of dark presence or uh, uh, somebody sneaking up behind them. Um, Have there been thefts? No. It's not pickpockets. They, they seem to just simply be attacks uh, uh, by some sort of malevolent uh, shadow or ghost. Uh, quite honestly, we <laughs> think most of the, the attacks are caused by too much alcohol. And uh, the person is just not paying attention. I mean, we have a lot of drunks in uh, in the city. Yes, there is a great deal of inebriation. Um, well, uh, but the uh, but the alleged assaults have all taken place somewhere around North London. Hmm. So there is perhaps some. Um, I wonder if it's a, a, a you know a, a gang of ruffians or something of the like. I, I don't know, uh, but it's there in uh, New Oxford Street near the British Museum that we're getting most of these complaints from. Uh, so there is a sort of locality to it. It would seem so. Apparently even one of the uh, the museum porters, uh, uh, name of McLaughlin, ended up in the hospital after receiving a good seeing, too, if you will. Oh, heavens. That's appalling. Do you know what hospital is in? Uh, St. Mary's Hospital in Paddington. Perhaps he can describe something more specific that can be actionable. Uh, first name is Alfred, Alfred McLaughlin. That's very kind of you to help. Um, as far as things here go, uh, it's been uh, rather quiet of late. I'm happy to say. But I will be in touch with you uh, should something uh, come to pass that seems worthy of note. All right. What were you going to ask him about Pine? Oh, yes, that Tillsbury Pine fellow. Do you, uh, were you attached at all to that investigation? Um, no, but I know the, the, I know what you're talking about, the case. Um, apparently Mr. Alan Tillsbury Pine was attacked sometime between 11 and 11.45 p.m. on October 23rd. Uh, a patrolling policeman discovered the body uh, on Oxford Gardens at uh, 11.55. The body was slouched on the ground under a wall. The victim was clearly dead and had suffered multiple knocks and punches to the head and torso as well as being kicked numerous times. Um, someone had a rage on them and had given him a right going over. Quite, yes. That's, uh, it seems like, uh, well, like, uh, that relates to my notion earlier that perhaps it's a group of thugs involved. Possibly. Because I can't see one person doing that much damage to him. There were no witnesses to the attack. Uh, the deceased's family uh, has no explanation as to why anyone would wish to harm Mr. Tillsbury Pine. Was he very close to his home? Um, not too far. Uh, his home is uh, on St. Quentin Avenue. 
Um, and he was entirely by himself. Yes, out for, a, uh, out for an evening walk. It gives one pause, doesn't it? One wouldn't want a postprandial stroll if one were to be attacked by a group of thugs. And well, it brutally. certainly seems that it's likely to be linked in some way to the assaults taking place. Hmm. Yeah, same general uh, area of town. There's also been, let's see, uh, there have been some unusual break-ins. Um, there were two house break-ins which occurred on the 4th of October and were reported to the police on the 5th of October, both in the same street in North Kensington at, uh, at the homes of Thomas McPhee and Arthur Wemple Smythe. Um, both report that the thefts of some items of jewelry were were, were taken. Uh, the thief was very good, and there was no sign of how he managed to get inside, uh, as the windows and doors showed no signs of forced entry. The police have no suspects in mind, believing that there's either a master cat burglar that's arrived in town, or the robberies are some sort of insurance fraud. My word, that's quite astonishing in, in, in collection. Um, do you have the impression that the uh, stolen articles are worth a great deal? I don't think so. Uh, Possibly. And, but it's also very odd that some, like a master cat burglar, wouldn't bludgeon and kick a man to death. That's a terrible giveaway. It may not be related. No, it might just be locational. Well, I appreciate very much your openness about this matter. Um, McPhee and Smythe, very curious. That's uh, 111 and 114 Wallingford Avenue. Oh, just next door to each other. Yes. Remarkable. Yes, same that's... time, same night. And no... Um, identification identifying material they're just from behind or like shadows well there's nothing about those two except that they were break-ins that seemed impossible right right and these are you know sound homes yes yeah i say well uh, everything gets strange every day, doesn't it? Indeed. Anyways, if I can help you with anything else, give me a call. I certainly shall. Thank you very much for your help. I'll be in touch. Click. Once again, nobody says goodbye in entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not worth the time. So, fellows, um, you know, I relay this outline, the notes that I took. Um, yeah, there's something, something violent, disruptive, and angry moving around in and around the museum. Um, I, I'm increasingly fond, if, except I don't know that Vadim lives close enough to where this agent is acting. Mm. But I like I, the idea I of trapping not. the damn thing because it seems like a, a, a profound menace 
somewhat focused on a kind of revenge, but also dangerously random. It's almost like an attention-seeking child. You know, it is rather. Throwing its ice cream. I'm going to break everything until you give me what I want. We... But yeah, it also kind so of cool. illustrates that um, that the um, this uh, Gibbons fellow uh, might be giving out a lot of uh, artifacts too, potentially. Yeah. Speaking of that, uh, what's the what time is it now? About uh, five-ish, six. Okay, six. I'd like to um, I'd like to go down to the museum, and this is just I'm just running this by you guys. I'd like to go down to the museum. Wait outside of the exit. The employee exit. When the museum closes. And. uh, Gibbons. Comes out. Although I don't know what he looks like yet. Uh, I can be that shady character. Off to the side. Just watching the folks come out. Obviously it's a man. That should narrow it down at least by one or two. Uh, and uh, I could give it a shot, try to reach out and make a connection there to purchase. I've got plenty of cash and that's going to, that's going to open up a lot of conversational doors, especially with somebody who feeds off that. There was obviously not a photograph of Morris Gibbons in the article. No, I don't think that I don't see how you could possibly locate one leaving employee. That's the only problem I have with it. I love the idea. He would be dressed as a porter, I'm guessing. They had they may have different uniforms. I guess. How would he wear his street? Thirty or forty porters. Well, the first person that comes out, you could give him a five-pound note and ask him, who's Porter? What's he look like? Have you seen Gibbons? I mean, thank you. (laughs) Porter. (laughs) Gibbons the Porter. Yes. I mean, I assume that they're... That was really exciting. I assume that the Porter's... uh uniforms stay at the museum and that they change into their street clothes. Probably. Possibly, they, yeah. You know, like you wear your your work uniform home. That's um, a lot of porters. They might have to wash their own clothes. It might just be coveralls. Hmm. No, this is still in the a time period when people dressed in suits okay. every day <laughs> and they owned two they had a garbage, Sunday suit yeah garbage men had suits <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah so there's going to be too many employees for you to randomly guess at if only we would have asked Alice did Gibbons have an unusual scar exactly. and a funny mustache? He looked like a man. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I mean, if it wouldn't be too forward, um, Alice didn't seem to like her husband socializing with this group. If you called up and played it off right, hey, uh, you know, Mrs. Alice, uh, I was thinking about what you said, with your husband, you know, hanging around these unsavory characters. Can you describe him to me? And I'll make sure to put a stop to it. She'll probably be all gung-ho for that. That's actually pretty good i can just give her a call see if she can describe him maybe he is maybe if he's if he's distinctive she probably would um rather than than use up the time uh if you do that he's just a guy um well-groomed um obviously he works at the british museum but just average looking he's Nothing a really bad. tall short man with really yeah. long short hair everything yeah. extra medium But I didn't like the look of him because she thinks that he's a criminal. Right. Yeah, She's not no. even aware that he's a porter. She right. He's a delivery man. Yeah, the only other thing I could do is stand there like a ticket scalper and just and with the money, you know, just slap it on my hands. But I'm not going to do that. So let's. Well, I, uh, do an idea roll, Felix. 63 on 80 regular okay well you do have the name of somebody in the hospital yeah it's apparently been assaulted uh old alfred and uh and longden did say that some people at the museum have been assaulted Yep. So those are other leads for other things too. I just hate to burn the rest of the, burn the end of the night before our meeting. We may be able to go cruise and, and talk to Alfred McLaughlin. May I remind you gentlemen also that I need to uh, acquire a statue for um, my uh, turn. Yeah, where is the I, statue right now? Much as <gasps> I, uh, I think I, I think I have it still. Okay. Before it gets too late in the evening, uh, we should do the transference as much as I uh, dislike. I will do what I can to please. clean information. But. Vlad, please, you're welcome to come and get it anytime. In fact, let's go right now because that just sounds like it the would, best thing I heard be all day. You, you, need, you need break from it. I'll do what I can. I'll try again to see what I can get out of it but I'm let's also say that uh, before you guys do much you do get a phone call uh, from Mr. Longdon uh, for, for Harcourt and he says that uh, he was unable to locate anyone on the, uh, the, the staff of the museum named Sigmund or Gibson Hmm. Uh, does that mean there's a Gibbons instead? Oh, I didn't look for Gibbons. I'm sorry. I can do that as well if you want. Uh, yeah, that's one of the possibilities. If All you right. would be so kind. Um, is this a trap? Wasn't there a Jackson and a Smith also? Um. 
we're talking about the um, seller of antiquities, not the recent victims. Oh, yeah, I was just saying in case you don't want to give him the full name, you know, let him single out that guy and act before we can. Okay, hold on for a second, outside the game. I think that just backfired a little. I was trying to give you a way out of not saying Gibbons. Uh, <laughs> that's that's what I picked up on. That's why I was saying Smith and John. <laughs> yeah. So no, I did not get. I did not get that. Okay. Pick up that subtlety. All right. So he's going to look into Gibbons. Ask him. I forget it. Um, it's only one day. Yeah, and he sorry, doesn't, sorry, he's getting ready to leave right now. He'll have to do it tomorrow anyway. Yeah. And maybe he'll say, oh, what was that name again? <laughs> <laughs> or we've got the name, but I have no idea what this guy looks like. He just seems very medium. <laughs> sounds, like, sounds like a long-armed long monkey. You didn't have a Smythe recently, too. So it's like, Smith, Smythe? I, yeah. Failed. All right. So it is evening. What do you want to do? Still early evening, six o'clock. Hospital? Yeah. I'd like to go see uh, Alfred. Might learn something. Although I, you know, the incorporality of this thing is causing me some frustration. But the more we learn, the more we learn. Yeah. Do you want to do a transfer of the statue uh, before or after we go to hospital? Uh, it's, I mean, we don't have to actually. You're ancients. What? He's ancients. But I'm saying, do we have to role play that out or can we just say that we stop by the no, house? No, you, you guys can just. Okay. okay. That you exchange it later on. All right, so you head over to St. Mary's. Let, we should stop by and get the guy a card or something. I mean, we know he's in the hospital. He's probably in a bad way. You know, get him a, is it, I don't know, get him a flower? I don't know. What do, what do you get somebody in a hospital? Get him some chocolate or something. Something you can Pair enjoy. Pair of bolt cutters? Mm. <laughs> it's, it's, it's still early. Uh, it's, it's England, early 1900s. You get him a card with a dead bird or something on it. <laughs> <laughs> or just a laudanum tablet built in. There you go. A pizza. Well, we could bring oh. him a cigar and some whiskey. Or we could bring oh, him a fancy statue. He's in a hospital. He can have the terrible dreams there. There's nothing better to do. Yeah. He's allowed yeah. to smoke a cigar in the, in the hospital at this time. A cigar and a little bit of whiskey wouldn't be too bad. Yeah, let's do that. I, I like that notion. That's what I want if I was in the hospital. It might win him over with a, with a smoothing yeah. over situation. I'm going to grab a bottle from the club. That way it doesn't, you know, come out of our pocket because I'm cheap like that. That's how I got so rich. I'll buy cards. <laughs> there you cigar. go. All right. So you get to the hospital. And uh, what excuse do you use to see Mr. Uh, McLaughlin? That's our family member. Well, Mr. McLaughlin knows that you're not a, a member of his family. 
Oh, I thought you meant to the nurse or something. Well, yes, but you know, things get found out pretty quickly. If you, um, he says, your brother is here. And he goes, that's not my brother. Cousin. <laughs> Couple of pound notes. Yeah, nurses don't take bribes. They're nurses. What? Yeah, right. They're not naughty nurses. Ma'am, we may have found out who assaulted Mr. McLaughlin. We just need to talk to him for a few minutes to... Uh... Oh, are you investigators? Yes, ma'am. Because the police have been here earlier. Um, yes, was, uh, was it Smith and, and, and Johnson? Smith and Wesson. Um, ah, yes. Uh, yeah. Yes, uh, yeah, uh, yes. You can go up and see him. He's in room three oh nine. Thank you, ma'am. All right. So you go up to room three oh nine, and uh, uh, Alfie McLaughlin is. He looks like he's about fifty six years old. Um, he's definitely black and blue. Uh, in fact, he's got two black eyes, and. Um, He's he's resting as you walk in the room, but uh, uh, he uh, he's like, oh, and who are you? Felix Matthews from the uh, Wentworth Club. We're actually looking into several attacks around the city. Do a spot hidden. Six. Just That's six. Nice. Yeah, you can see that he's got really bad black and blue marks around his neck. Looks like you weren't just beaten, Mr. McLaughlin. It looks like you may have also been choked. I say, he damn near killed me. Do you Whoever think it was, was only one? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was just, just one, but one what? Yeah, because it looks like an entire platoon took shots at you. Well, I'm a porter at the museum. And I had finished at the museum for the day and was uh, walking along Montague Place, heading towards uh, the bus stop to go home. Then from out of nowhere, this uh, invisible thing grabbed me and threw me down on the pavement. I felt hands punching me, but there was no one there. There was this weight on my chest as if someone were sitting astride me, holding me down. Then this phantom's voice says, tell me where Williams is or I'll kill you. Well, I, I don't mind saying I cried out for help, but no one came. I can feel the breath of this thing on my face. It was awful. Uh, it repeated the question and I say, uh, I don't know where Williams is. Let me go. I must have angered it because the next thing I know is the life is being squeezed from me by this by unseen hands choking me to death. The next thing I know is someone is shouting for the police and this the weight on my chest disappears uh, and then I blacked out. Now I don't hold with mumbo jumbo about spirits and ghosts, but I swear if it wasn't if it wasn't the very devil himself that had uh, near killed me. I can completely relate. It looks like you, looks like you uh, took one hell of a beating. The Williams that he was asking about. Do you know? Do you know a Williams? Well, I I I assume that he was talking about. Uh, 
His name is Crap Williams. It's Ted Williams. <laughs> Hold on. Sorry. I'm getting an E. Sensing an E. I should have written this all on one piece of paper. Give me a moment. Cut this out. Ted Williams, I'm correct. Okay. Uh, he says, well, Ted Williams is another porter, but uh, I don't know where he is. I don't know where he lives. He hasn't been to work for a month. Ted. Williams. Yes. Hmm. Do you know a Gibbons? Maurice Gibbons, yes. He's another porter. Just this is gonna sound like a strange uh, a strange request, but could you describe him? Hmm. Average looking, hard worker. Yeah, that's what we get a lot. That's dark, that's, dark hair. Oh. Back. Yeah. Hmm. Nothing really stands out, though, huh? Is he incredibly tall? Well, um, with a limp, missing limbs. I would say, uh, uh, I mean, he's in his early forties. Um, clean shaven. He's been assaulted too. Yeah, that's that's really what I was asking there. Well, so he's got a black eye. Last time I saw him. Hmm. When was the last time you saw him? Oh, uh, before my assault, a few days ago. What section of the museum do you work in? Oh, various, just depending. We're 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 in the we're in the basement. Where was the last section you worked in before you went home? 11B. Which would be? 11B. It's like a, it's like a maze down there. It's just storage rooms filled with things. They all look pretty much the same. There's a number on the door to each one of them. You didn't happen to break anything or knock anything not not looking to accuse or blame oh no no i'm very careful i'm sure i'm 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 sure you are but not did any of that happen while on your shift that day before the incident oh no nothing was broken nothing was shifted or shaken no have uh, any of the other museum porters uh, been accosted well, Gibbons was accosted, but he says it was Tutankhamun's ghost that chased him around. Not bloody likely, if you tell, if you ask me. Oh, I, I mean, Carter's agree. just just discovered that everybody's talking about it. I don't think he's even emptied the tomb yet. <laughs> Seems like everything's uh, related to uh, Tutankhamun these days in regards to antiquity. Well, it certainly is one of the most popular things to talk about right now. Most definitely. 
Um, yeah, I think there's been a few other people. Um, there was that lawyer fellow. Uh, he's on the he's on the, the museum staff. He was attacked. Um, Cooper. Cooper is, I think, his last name. The lawyer is Cooper, you're saying? Yeah. I don't know what his first name is. Um, but you know, there's always there's always been stories of ghosts in the museum. Yeah, but Mr. McLaughlin's stories does don't put you in the hospital. This seems like more than just a story. This seems this seems like factual. Uh... Well, I don't know everything about it. Uh, you could talk to Yates. He's the uh, security right. head. He probably knows more about uh, other people being assaulted than I do. Hmm. Well, we did bring you something. We 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 brought you this bottle. Higginbottom whiskey. Jasper Higginbottoms. I think that he was attacked or he saw something. Yeah, he's another porter. There are a lot of porters at that museum. You guys do a There are a lot of uh a lot of curators that want things moved from here to there. I I can imagine. Was Higginbottom assaulted before you were? You know, I don't know if he was assaulted, but he definitely says that he's seen weird things there. Is he a trustworthy sort? Oh, we're all trustworthy. Of course we work at the British Museum. I mean, there's, there's porters too. There's, uh, there's curators who've seen things. Walter Beams has seen things. Audrey, Audrey Leicaster has seen things. You could probably talk to them all if you get permission from the... Uh, the Board of Trustees. I'm sorry, what was Audrey's surname? I'm sorry, Audrey Leicaster, lovely lady. Audrey Leicaster. You're a fan of hers. Well, I doubt seriously that she'd have any attention to me, but uh, she's a good worker. We're all good I workers. Nearly untoward, my, my good man. Do you think you'll be out soon? I'm hoping that they release me day after tomorrow or so. And you're feeling much better. Well, it's very sore. A lot of pain. Do you feel, uh, do you feel very um, emotionally disturbed to have been attacked by something that you can't identify? I certainly am not going to go walking around in the dark. I'm not going to... I don't know. There's things down in those those basements that are, it'll be a while before I want to go back down there again. They're like tombs. There's like nothing during the, uh, during the daytime. There's very few people down there during the nighttime. There's nobody down there. Yes. It seems very, a very um, disturbing and confusing place. You don't have any uncertainty about your own injuries though. I only, I only know what I know. I only know what I, I experienced. You didn't have a bad dream, fall down a flight of stairs. No. You were assaulted by something you could not see. I was assaulted. I was punched. I was strangled. Something sat on my chest. 
there was somebody there, but it spoke to me, but it sounded like and a man. Understand what it intended. Well, it wanted to find Williams for some reason. That's all when it he, said to me. When he spoke to you, did it have any sort of an accent? Was it British? Was it European? I mean, Eastern European? Was British it? people don't have accents. We speak properly. P. <laughs> um, no, he says, uh, he says, just sounded like a regular man. Yeah, I mean, he was angry. But there was nobody there. Did it sound like a young voice or an old voice? Oh, I don't know. It sounded like it it, it, it... it definitely sounded like somebody with a bit of breeding. A bit of a <laughs> posh accent. Mm. Yeah, educated monster. Indeed. That's, that's peculiar. Well, I do appreciate uh, your taking the time... Um, of course, you're you're stuck here. Uh, if there's something you think of, um, I hand you a card. Hand him a card. Um, we're again, we're, we're we're based from the Wentworth Club, and we're we're investigating a series of confusing events like yours. Oh, you're not alone. Um, so anything you might relate to us could prove to be helpful. And we'd like to be helpful any way we can. I hope your recovery is swift and sure. Of course. Uh, what's, uh, oh, so, uh, Morris had a black guy. Cooper was the lawyer, right? Correct. Yeah, any other names that come to you too? And because the, the more um, assaults that we learn about, the more we might be able to figure out some pattern to this madness. Um, of course. If I, I know anyone, what I'll tell you. Uh, I'm most grateful. A token for your time. For when you get out. Thanks. I just didn't want to carry it back. Now, um, I drop off the cigar on the uh, card there too, next to his bed. Uh, I, let's see. I'd like uh, Fuller. Um, do an idea roll. Oh yeah, I definitely got it. Okay, um, one of the articles, the the Londoner script with fear, uh, mentions Cooper. that Mr. Cooper was attacked on the evening of October 22nd. Okay, so Mr. Cooper was attacked on the number of the night of the 27th? 22nd. 22nd. And we're running into so many people that we got to find and So what do we do? Are we going to go for Williams first? You want to check on Cooper? What, uh, do, you, do you remember, Fuller, what um, Cooper's injuries were? I, were in the same hospital, a different hospital? 
I don't believe it said. It didn't say about that. It just that he uh, was attacked on Ladbrook Terrace. Ladbrook Terrace. Right. So we could, try, and we haven't addressed there, right? Specifically a number. What was Cooper's first name? What was it? I don't think that it said it. Was, uh, just I think he's a lawyer. But could we ask the uh, this guy in the bed? He said that he didn't know. Oh, he didn't know. Okay. He just knew that that lawyer guy, Cooper, is one of the people who were attacked, who was attacked. Well, there can't be too many attorneys named Cooper. Could there? I mean, I guess there could, but that does definitely whittle it down. Yeah, I think that would definitely whittle it down. Barrister Cooper. Um... Okay. Well, what are you going to do? Look in the phone book? Just going to look in the phone book real quick. For okay. a, a, for a, is, you do I, find a B. Cooper uh, living on uh, Ladbroke Terrace in Notting Hill, West London. Yeah. That seems like a positive ID to me, friends. It's good enough for us to go knock on a door. In my opinion, I knock on yeah. many doors to spread the good news. All right. So you take a little trip over there, which is probably going to be your last trip for the evening. It is going to be And um, it's a two-story place. Uh, doesn't look fancy. Um, uh, you knock on the door, and uh, Mr. Cooper answers the door. And you can see he's a he's a rather good looking man, slick black hair, um, black eye, like he'd been punched right square in the face. And he's like, "Yes, I, I'm I'm sorry, uh, I'm I'm out. Of, I'm not doing any business for the evening. Uh, you could come back to my office tomorrow." And uh, he Mr. hands you a card, Mr. Cooper. Uh, just a for just a moment. Uh, we're, I'm Felix Matthews. I'm from the Wentworth Club. We're actually investigating these attacks, uh, one that I think you fell victim to. Oh, you're, you're investigating the attacks. Yes, you're, not, you're not here to do business. All right. No, no. I, I, I've kept my nose clean enough to where hopefully I didn't need, need a lawyer. Well, I reported the incident to the police, and they've done absolutely nothing about it. Um, what can I tell you? Uh, I was working late uh, in my office uh, on the 22nd of October. I was returning home. Uh, just as I went to turn onto uh, Ladbrook Terrace around, oh, I'd say, 9 p.m., uh, I heard someone muttering. Uh, they were super jabbing about something as if they were talking to themselves, but I couldn't find anyone. There was nobody within sight. But I could hear this voice getting louder as if it were coming towards me. And it was quite strange and un unsettling. Uh, uh, the voice was saying something like, Damn, Williams, got to get it. It's hopeless. He kept repeating things like that. Something about Williams... And then all of a sudden, 
this voice, his voice cried out and says, Earwigging, I'll teach you. And the next thing I know, I was punched in the face by nothing. Earwicking, you say. Eavesdropping. As if I was eavesdropping on his conversation. I don't know who it was. I don't know what it was, but he punched me, sent me reeling backwards onto the pavement. Whoever it was, he was very quick because he vanished in a flash. Then he was gone. I saw nothing. Here's an odd question. Uh, It's like he was the invisible man. Right. Did you... Do you have any dealings with antiquities? I work for the museum, if if that's what you're asking. Did you have any direct contact with anything in the basement that morning or the day before the attack? I never go down into the basement. I have no reason to do that. I say I go to my office and I leave. Hmm. Do you know any Williams that are at the museum that could... That may be the Williams this person was speaking of? I have no idea. Okay. Of course, I don't know. 80% of the staff, I don't know. Okay. No, we don't know a great number of people we interact with on a daily basis. What makes you think that this Williams fellow is somebody on the staff? Um, there isn't any uh, reason to believe that specifically. Um, except that uh, there have been more than one attack. There has been more than one attack, and more than one attacker mentioned the name. I've heard that there were more than one attack. You say more than one person has mentioned the name Williams. That's correct. Intriguing. And, and of course, it's a very common name and easily misunderstood. So they could be totally unrelated matters. Um, but we are, you know, as we are pursuing any possible correlation, we look at that name as well as other things. For example, uh, you know, your relationship to the museum. You don't know a Higginbottom, do you? No. So, for example, another correlation that could have been that is not. Well, I'd like to know how he did it. So would we, quite desperately. It's quite ingenious, it seems. What were your, what was the circumstance of your um, invasion? I, I was simply attacked on the street. Oh, sir. Yeah. Now you work on behalf of the British Museum, correct? Yes, if they need legal things worked out or forms written up. Now, I don't need to know the particulars of your case, but have you done anything with the Nineveh items or anything from Iraq recently? Um, I, as I recall, there's been some legal questions coming up concerning uh, a recent, not recent, maybe four or five years ago, a, a dig in Nineveh, some place called Nineveh. Um, 
that all has to do though with the Iraqi government and uh, you know the British Museum does acquire things sometimes from other countries and There are some problems with Iraq, the government, Iraqi government at the moment. Correct. But I haven't really worked on any of that directly. I, uh, I'm more in dealing with, you know, people who are trying to defraud the museum by selling them fake, uh, you know, uh, Peruvian artifacts. So. Hmm. Is there anything else I can do for you? Uh, good night. Click. <laughs> <laughs> Late, guys. Well, everyone that's been attacked seems to seems to have something to do with well, all to do with the museum, especially the basement. Maybe we could find out what's in B11B storage, but he might be signing papers that are dealing with Iraq. Whoever this spirit, which I'm thinking is not even a spirit any longer, seems to be going through anyone and everyone who has anything to do with possibly the Nineveh dick. Gentlemen, I'm getting a bad feeling about this. Hearing more of this information has, uh, it has me concerned, very concerned that we're dealing with, um, let me ponder upon it further and I'll describe my, my thoughts to you later on. I'm, I'm rather concerned that we may be dealing with, um, and this may be a long shot, uh, but we might be dealing with our second party here. Hmm. The ones in, that uh, were had the uh, observers. Maybe. And uh, uh, if it's what I think it is, we may be dealing with something that uh, we may be dealing with someone involved in the occult that is above and beyond us. We're not talking about dabblers or investigators. We're talking about a true occultist who actually knows quite a bit more than we do. Well, rather than a, a, a what did I call it, a spirit or a poltergeist, it sounds like somebody who can turn himself invisible. That's what I'm saying. Without dealing with someone who actually, this sounds crazy, but we deal with the crazy. I think we're dealing with someone who's actually a, who could be actually a warlock. But you know what? Invisible or not, you can't dodge a shotgun blast. No, you cannot. But nobody's tried to uh, shoot at the assailant or fight back. It's if they can. I have a suspicion, but as I said, I need to really look into a few things in my library to confirm it. So we should look up who this Ted Williams is. That I have the, that that name right. That's the Ted Williams? Okay. That's correct. One final question. Cirrus and Vadim. Describe exchanging the uh, statue. Well, he would come up to my apartment. 
I t- take out a big uh, steamer trunk at the foot of the bed, take off a padlock, open it up, take out um, a group of chains that I have wrapped around it. So if somebody tried to break it, they'd have to carry this big hunking, you know, chained up statue along with the weight of the statue and the chains, unlock the two locks on that, and then take this thing out of my damn sight. I feel bad handing it to you, but no, I don't. I'm going to make sure I uh, <laughs> I wrap it up and uh, not directly hold the chains. Well, I, don't, I leave the chains yeah, in the in the yes. trunk, you know. I just but put I'm, it there as a deterrent in case somebody came to run away with it. They got to carry 20 foot of chain with them, too. Right. So basically, Vadim, you have it wrapped in what, like red velvet? Yes, and and, and put in a box that's locked. Uh, a metal box that's locked. Strong box. Okay. And then, Vadim, what do you do? Uh, going to take it and put it into my uh, my uh, personal vaults at uh, at home. Okay. And... You weren't going to study it or anything like that this evening. Not this evening, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a have a closer look at it through the course because I'm figuring that the dreams are gonna come on. I'm gonna start working with studying the dreams, and then right. when I have time in between, I'm going to take it out and do some further studies on the on the statue. Do, do a power roll. Okay. Uh, nope. Okay. So this evening, when you go to sleep, you your dream starts out well enough. It's like you're at a garden party somewhere, and everybody is having a good time, and they're walking around ch- chatting. And all of a sudden, there's a commotion off in the distance. And you hear screams. And people are running in your direction, but you're compelled to go see what's causing the commotion. And in the center of the, the green, uh, where there were set up food and chairs and things like that, the ground is cracked open and fountains of blood are shooting up like geysers and cracks are forming from this hole as the blood is going out and people are falling into the cracks and the sky is turning red and uh, lightning is flashing all around you and something is coming and it's there and as that realization hits you you wake up scream in the middle of the night Ah! And, Ah! um, and that's where we'll end it right our players included jason melnichok jason uh john byram uh, Ford Fitch, Jerry Bryant, and David Gastaway with yours truly as the Keeper of the Secrets. We're currently producing up to five shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production 
in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The costs involved with this show are provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you'd like to support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch that bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming.